Well, good morning, Arbor. It's good to see you. Um, we are in the middle of a series that we're calling What's the Point? And, uh, and the truth is, what we're trying to do is we're trying to ask some of the big questions of life, you know, like what is the purpose of life? We talked a little bit about what's the purpose of the church last week. Uh, I've been wrestling all week with whether or not I should do this topic or not, uh, because I didn't realize it was Mother's Day. Um, I spaced. And so you'll, you'll understand when I say the name of the topic, you're like, yeah, that's not exactly the most light and um, uh, wonderfully uplifting topic to talk about on Mother's Day. And so today we're going to talk about pain, um, and <laughs> so, which at first, exactly, somebody just said that. That's exactly what a mom would know. They know pain because if you're a mom, for most of you, you've experienced childbirth and you know what that's like. It's real, real pain. Uh, Carol Burnett, I don't know if, she's a, if you know who she is, she was a comedian, and she said this. She said that what labor pains feel like, she tried to describe it. She said, basically, take your bottom lip and then pull it over your head, <laughs> right? And that is the beginning of what childbirth starts to feel like. And I'll be honest with you, I've never experienced childbirth, and I'm glad about that. I really am, but I have stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night with bare feet. And I did it even this last week, and I can tell you the only thing that I was thinking was, man, I could use an epidural right now. <laughs> and so my wife is a mom, and she has birthed four of our kids, four of our kids um, through natural childbirth. Natural childbirth, that's incredible. Natural childbirth means that no drugs will be administered into the female's body during the delivery. The father can have all he wants, <laughs> right? But no drugs are there. And my wife, when we get, had birth to our first child, I didn't know what to expect. You know, you walk in there and you want to be a good support. You want to be a good support as a dad, as a, as a husband, to care for your bride in this situation. And my wife was doing really, really, really good. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, the pain switched. It really came in and it hit. And I remember at that point in time, my lovely, very sweet, if you've met her, no enemies in her life, kindest, most sweetest, wonderful woman on the planet. I'm down there and I'm right there with her. I'm with you, babe. I'm with you. And she literally said these words, get out of my face, is what she said. And I was, I'll be honest, I was hurt. So... That was very painful to hear inside of that moment. Apparently, I had been drinking monster energy drinks because I thought this thing was going to go the distance, and so I was ready. But the truth is, I just wanted to be there for my bride. I wanted to, if I could, if it's possible, I mean this seriously, I wanted to take it away. If I could have changed places, which I know is not possible, but if I could, I would have. But it was her pain to bear right? It was her pain to bear. And so the truth is, friends, and we know this, is that hurt happens. Hurt happens. Since we're in church, I can't say it any other way than that, right? There's another way to say it, but pain happens. And I don't have to tell you that because if you have a pulse, then you've experienced pain. And Jesus warned us about this. He did. He said this. He said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, Peter said this, he says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. In other words, it's normal that you're going to experience pain. It's, it's, it's a way of life. And we know this because at every week we receive cards that come in. Garrett just talked about it. 
And we've been around for a little over two years as a church, and we've received 1,640 prayer requests that we have prayed for all of them. And most of those prayer requests are prompted by pain. Pregnancies, desired ones, surprised ones, or even lost pregnancies we've prayed for. We prayed for job, the stress of it, the search for a job. We prayed a lot for cancer, pancreatic cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, brain cancer, cancer scares. We've prayed for treatments and side effects. We have prayed a lot in this church for sickness. Because of the fall, there is sickness, and sickness causes pain. We've prayed for the pain of finances or bills or addictions or sobriety or recovery or depression, eating disorders, mental illness, and we've prayed for loneliness. We've prayed for the pain of loss, not just like loss of jobs, which is a big deal, but loss of homes and loss of friends, relationships that have broken, marriages that have been snapped in half, and, 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 and we've prayed for people who have lost their parents, who have gone on to heaven or into eternity. And we prayed for lost kids, and, and we pray for lost children. And, and if you're a mom today, some of you may be carrying that pain with you as you might have a prodigal child, a child that was raised in the way of the Lord, but unfortunately they have not chosen to follow Jesus, and therefore that is painful. I was talking to a brother of mine, a friend of mine this last week, who literally that is his struggle. His daughter has just gone sideways, and, and it's painful. It's completely painful for him. Around here, we're familiar with pain inside of this church. In fact, the worst pain that I have ever experienced in my life, personally, was not the death of my daughter, surprisingly enough. She was three years old. She, she passed away from brain cancer. But what was the most painful moment that I have ever experienced in my life was a few weeks before as my beautiful three-year-old was losing the ability to do certain things, certain like see, she couldn't see straight anymore, and she was losing her ability to walk. And one morning, I, this worst moment, I'm sharing with you right now, worst moment, I walk into her room, and we know at some point in time she's going to pass, at some point in time she's going to, uh, she's going to go be with Jesus. We just don't know when. And so when I enter into her room one morning, I opened the door, and the door stopped. I couldn't get it all the way open. And the reason I couldn't get it open is that my daughter was on the floor laying there at the front of the door. And what I didn't realize, and what we didn't realize, is that in the middle of the night, my daughter had crawled out of bed and tried to reach us. But because she was losing the ability to walk or even crawl, she couldn't make it. Which for a dad or for a parent, my daughter needed me. She needed us, and she tried to get to us, and she didn't make it. And so as I opened up the door, I bumped into her, and of course I pick her up. She's doing all right, and we spent the day. Well, here's the worst part. Here's why it's the worst, is because the next morning I got up, and I thought that would be a one-time thing, and I opened the door the very next morning, and it bonked into her again. And so two nights in a row, she laid on the floor, cold, trying to get to us, and we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't able to help her in that moment. Truly, after that, I built rails and basically manufactured her bed into being a crib so that she couldn't escape from there and that she would stay inside of there. But that's pain, right? That's painful. 
And we've all experienced pain, whether it's something like that or something in your life where you've lost someone or betrayed by someone or, or something physical or emotional has gone on. We've all experienced pain. And here's a few things that we've learned from our experience with pain. Number one is this, is that some pain is permanent. Whoever said that time heals all wounds obviously never experienced anything more than a paper cut because they have no idea what they're talking about. Unless you're speaking in terms of eternity, time does not heal all wounds. Grief is an amputation. We've said this before. Is that you don't say to somebody who has lost a leg, hey, don't worry, it'll get better in time. It'll grow back. It'll be fine. You don't say that because it's not going to grow back and it's not going to be fine. Truly, they spend the rest of their life adjusting in a wheelchair. It's the same when you lose somebody that you love and somebody that's very close to you, is that you lose a part of your heart. It doesn't come back. It doesn't grow back. It doesn't heal in time. And so you learn to adjust. You don't heal. You adjust to life in that way. And so some pain is permanent on this planet. Here's one thing we did learn, though, for sure, is that most pain is masked. Most pain is masked. Some pain is permanent. Some, most pain is masked. Laurel Hamilton wrote this. She's an American writer. She says, there are wounds that never show on the body but are far deeper and more hurtful than anything that bleeds. There is this social pressure and it's even inside of the church that everything's got to be okay, that, we, that everything's going to be fine and we got to put on this face and this facade and, and, and this front that everything is all right and that we have it all together. And so what we end up doing is we end up stuffing down or concealing it, concealing and masking our pain. Around here, we say a phrase often, and it is this. It is okay to not always feel okay. You have permission. In fact, you don't have to pretend if you're inside of this place because we know that pain is a reality, that hurt truly does happen. And so there's no need to pretend around here. Some pain is permanent. Most pain is masked. But here's what I do know is that no pain is pointless. No pain is pointless. I believe, I truly do, that God has a purpose for everything that he allows. Key word there is allows. God does not cause pain. That comes from the enemy. It is fall inflicted. I think Satan knows. I'm pretty sure Satan knows what his future holds and that there's no chance that he could actually win. And so what does he do? He's on a kamikaze mission. Basically, what he's trying to do is take as many of us down as possible. He wants to hurt God's kids. Because moms, you know this very well. If you want to get, if somebody wants to hurt you, what do they do? They hurt your kids, Right? If you hurt me or if you hurt my kids, I'm going to hurt you. That's kind of how it works, right? It's a real deal, but no pain is pointless. God has a purpose for everything he allows. Sometimes God allows pain simply to get our attention, right? We're off track, and it's the only way that he's able to get through to us is to allow us to hurt ourselves so that we will turn our attention to him because so, he wants us to be close to him. Sometimes he allows pain to shape us into the person that he wants us to be because some of us, we have a hard heart. Sometimes he allows pain to move us 
to the place where he wants us to go. He did this in the first century with the early church. He simply allowed persecution to take place because he said to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, but they stayed in Jerusalem. The only way to move them was to allow the pain of persecution to come in, and then they headed on out. Other reasons he may allow pain is to help others. The fellowship of the suffering. Truly, if you've experienced great loss, you can relate on a level that nobody else can relate to. You can walk into a room and walk into, after I lost my daughter, I remember walking into hospitals beforehand, and I remember going in and beforehand, and I would not really know because I hadn't really experienced great pain. Now, if I walk into a hospital or someone's lost someone, I understand great loss. And so there's an empathy that is there, and you can relate because you look at that person, and they know, and you know, and they know that you know, and you know that they know that you've experienced great loss. And because of that, just that fellowship is healing. It's the start pro- starting process of healing. And so, unfortunately, the truth is we're not privileged to know the reason why or um, God's purpose on this side of eternity for everything that God allows to have happen and every pain that comes in. But here's the best thing that pain does. This is what I think is the best thing, perhaps even the point of pain, is that pain pushes us to Jesus. Pain pushes us to Jesus. Pain isn't like courteous. It doesn't ask permission. It pushes. It shoves. It almost picks us up and throws us to the feet of Jesus. Truly. It is natural. Think about this. When we suffer, what do we want? We want it to stop. When we are hurting, we want help. When we are in pain, what do we do? We pray. Friends, non-Christians pray when they're in pain. An atheist will pray, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, will you please help me in this? Pain pushes us to Jesus. Moms, you know this too, way too well. If your kid falls, right? Let's say they fall out of a tree, bump scrape all the way down. What is the first word that comes out of their mouth? It's mom, like mom, right? And they want to run to you. Literally, my kids, they get hurt and I'm standing there, arms wide open and they'll run right past me to get to mom, right? And the reason they do that is they want to get to someone who can comfort, someone who can hold them. Then, then what do they do? They lean in. And moms, don't you love that moment when your kid, I, you don't want them to be hurt, but sometimes it's the only way they'll snuggle with you, you know? And then they just lean into you in that moment and you savor those moments. I think God savors those moments too. I don't think he likes you in pain, but I think he likes the moment of when you come in and you lean into him. It's one of the purposes of pain. It's, it's pain pushes us to Jesus. And the reason it does is because first and foremost, he can relate. Jesus knows pain. He knows pain. If there's anyone who knows pain, Jesus knows pain. The prophet Isaiah said this, he, he being Jesus, was despised and rejected by who? By mankind, which is us. Jesus was a man of suffering. And here it is, familiar with pain. Jesus knew pain. He knew what it was like to be cold. 
Jesus knew what it was like to go with, you know, with wanting. He, Jesus knew what it was like to experience loss, and because of that, he can relate. But probably the best part of it is he can take it. He can take your pain. Jesus takes pain. In that very next verse, in that passage that I just read, Isaiah says this. It's amazing. He said, surely he, still talking about Jesus, took up, here it is, our pain and bore our suffering. Friends, Jesus is the only one strong enough, pure enough, righteous enough to take our pain. He's the only one. There is no one else. He is the only one strong enough. In my house, we have four kids. One of them is our son named Percy. He is hyperactive. He loves sticks. He loves punching. He loves wrestling. He loves anything. He will literally just run into something because it's fun. Right? And so what we do as parents is we don't want to squash that and say fall in line and get in order. What, we don't want to squash a spirit. So it's really hard for us to figure out where is the line for how much adventure we want him to have. So he loves to punch. And so he can only punch one person in the house. One person. He has permission to punch one person. It's not Monty, his little brother. It's not Paisley. It's definitely not his mom. His one person that he can punch is me. That's it. I don't get hugs anymore, guys. I get punches. I get smacked in the side and the face every, every time he sees me because he knows dad can take it. I am strong enough to take it, at least right now, because it's getting to be a lot, <laughs> right? The other day, I'm not making this up, I was sleeping on the couch. <laughs> I didn't get a, how you doing, dad? I didn't even get a warning. I got a full cock back and slam right into my face. That's how I woke up. He hit me so hard, my contacts fell out. And I don't even wear contacts, you guys. It's, he can punch me. I'm the one person he is allowed to hit. And the reason why is for now, I can take it. Jesus is the one person and the only person that can take your pain. He can take it for you. And he already has. Jesus has and he wants you to come to him, to go to him, to run to him, crawl to him if you have to, and then lean on in. Maybe you're here and you're in pain. Maybe it's physical pain and it's just not going away. Maybe you're in just over your head. You just need to know that Jesus can take it. Jesus can take your pain. Maybe somebody hurt you or maybe somebody left you or maybe somebody did something to you and they can never take it, but you can't take it back. Jesus can take it. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's family, maybe it's friendship. Jesus can take it. Maybe you, you lost your job or you lost control or maybe like us, you lost somebody that you love or maybe you just feel lost. The truth is Jesus can take it. He truly can. And so to start to close out of here, let me end this with a question. How do we know? 
How do we know that Jesus can take it? How do we know that Jesus can help? How do we know this whole thing, this whole Christianity thing isn't made up? How do we know that Jesus is who he says he is? Because none of us have gone to heaven and back. And if you have, you should write a book about it because I hear they sell really, really well. Okay, how do we know? How do we know that Jesus can take it? I think the answer comes in the form of a testimony of his mom. The testimony of Mary. It's amazing. Imagine that, you guys. Imagine to be asked to raise the Son of God. What pressure is that? That's a lot of pressure, is it not? For God to come down and say, I want you to raise my one and only Son on earth. I want you to take care of him. And I don't want you to lose him. So when he was 12 years old, could you imagine the panic that happened to Mary when she actually lost Jesus? They went on a trip to Jerusalem and they were on their way there and then they were on their way back and Jesus was gone. And you got to imagine, what was that prayer like? <laughs> Lord, what, Mary's like, Lord, I know you gave me your son, but I lost him, right? I lost him. And then when you go back and find that he was in the temple preaching all along, he says, woman, which you should stop right there because that may have been respectful, in their day and age, but if you were to say that right now, you'll be wearing your teeth around your neck, you know? <laughs> says, I've been about my father's business. Well, I'll show you your father's business. <laughs> Stick with us next time. <laughs> we don't know what happened between the ages of 12 and 30, but you got to wonder and you got to imagine. What was Jesus like? What were those silent years? Did he play hide and seek? Did he play tag? Right? Was he a teenager? What was he like as a teenager? Did his mom tell him to get a haircut? You know? Tell him to clean his room. Were you born in a barn? What the heck? <laughs> Did he do? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you're clapping for that. That's, that's awesome. I'll definitely say that again next service. <laughs> Miracles. Did he do miracles around the house? And you got to think that he did because when his first miracle came to be recorded... Mary asked Jesus to address the situation that was going on. And I love that Jesus' first miracle was making water into wine just to keep the party going, right? He didn't raise the dead or anything in that moment. But the greatest testimony of Jesus being who he is, who he said he was, was that Mary watched him die. Literally watched him die in pain. How painful would that have been? And the reason he was on a cross, friends, was not because he did a lot of good things. It wasn't because he was super popular. It was because he said he was God. That's why he was on the cross. Because he said he was God. Now think about this. If anybody knew that Jesus was divine, it was Mary. She's the only one who knew 100% for sure that Jesus was born of a virgin. And so her silence at the cross, because if you look in any of the scriptures, right, any of the four gospel accounts that we have, she doesn't say a word. She doesn't say anything. She's silent, but we know she's there. She knows she's right there. Now, if my mom were there and I was being strung up, there'd be pandemonium going on right now. She'd be screaming. She'd be like, he's crazy, but don't kill him. All right, he thinks he's God, but don't kill him. But Mary said nothing. Why? Because she knew who Jesus was. She knew who Jesus was. 
And so her silence at the cross is a testimony for who Jesus is. And who did Jesus say he was? He said he was God. And if he is God, that means he's the only one that can help. It's the only one. It is the good news when it comes to pain is he's the only one who can take our pain. Friends, yes, I'll close on this. Pain is a reality. It is. But it doesn't last for eternity. Pain is a reality on this planet in this lifetime. But it doesn't last for eternity. The apostle John wrote this. He says, he, speaking about Jesus, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or, here it is, pain. All these things are gone. How long? Forever. That's great news, is it not? That is great, great news. You may be experiencing pain here today. And if that is you, I am so, so, so sorry. I hurt with you. This life is painful, is it not? It really is. But thank God, literally, that we have someone who not only knows pain, but can take it and has took it for us on his back, on the cross. But what the resurrection proved and what Mary testifies is that Jesus was way more than just a man. Jesus was the Savior who came to take away all pain forever done. It's over. And so one day, as painful as you may feel right now, you will step into eternity and that will fall away. It will be gone. And it won't be gone for five minutes. It won't be gone for a moment for you to breathe. It will be gone forever. And some of that pain will be reunited families, reunited friends. You won't be thinking about the bills that you can't pay or the pressure that must get done because Jesus is taking care of all of it and there is a feast and you have a home and it is going to be beautiful because we will be in the presence of God himself forever. No pain ever again. That is the great news of Jesus. And that is why we cling to him and that is why we run to him. And like a mom, that's why we lean into him because he is the only one to offer us this freedom from pain. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.